Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernard Günther and Laura Matsu. Today's episode will be about the New Age deception and spiritual bypassing. Now, this is a big topic. Um, before we go into the various New Age beliefs and New Age fallacies and what actually spiritual bypassing is all about, um, let's talk about what is the New Age or the New Age movement. We heard a lot about it. Um, but it's actually very hard to define in a sense. And if you look back into history, then you see that the New Age movement started about uh, in the late 19th century with the Theosophical Society, founded by Helena Blavatsky. And uh, the, the Theosophical Society's intention was fusing the essence of all religions, basically into one world religion. So taken from all kinds of spiritual tradition, East and West, or called esoteric, and, you know, uniforming it into one teaching. But the problem what occurs with that, that a lot of these teachings then become distorted, corrupted, just pick and choose, they become oversimplified, and can result in a lot of distortion and deceptions, essentially. Now, over the years, the New Age has itself manifested, especially, or started to become more popular in starting probably in the 50s, but then 60s and 70s with the hippie movement, the counterculture, the psychedelic movement, and also the human potential movement. And we talked about it in a recent podcast about psychedelics and medicine plans, uh, where we explored the creation basically of the hippie movement or how the CIA and the matrix control system helped to um, create a counterculture, so to speak, to distract people from uh, what's going on in their everyday lives in, in the world and just focus on peace, love and light, drugs, make love and just get high basically. So a lot of that has been actually engineered uh, purposely via social engineering. And again, I refer to our recent or last podcast about that, um, about psychedelics, medicine plants and chasing peak experiences. Now the New Age movement also... Um, manifests itself in the UFO community with various UFO religions or UFO cults around a certain channeled material by aliens or the Galactic Federation of Light with aliens supposedly here coming to save us to be the cabal, take down the Illuminati and supply us with technology and zero-point energy and all of that. Now that's also actually almost a topic on its own. And it also ties into what used to be the 2012 movement, right around the Mayan calendar, when supposedly humanity should have awakened and we should have ascended already years ago. And that's clearly dying out or has died out. And we see it also manifest these many new age beliefs and pop spiritual teaching, so to speak, in various festivals, so-called conscious festivals like Lightning in the Bottle, Rainbow Gatherings, Symbiosis, Burning Man, and all of that. Now, uh, it's very important to understand that, you know, New Age beliefs are not all wrong or false, but the way the deception works is basically truth mixed with lies. Or, as I mentioned before, oversimplified spiritual truths, leaving out certain important knowledge, suppressing certain knowledge. Suppression of knowledge is the name of the game. And... 
people who are aware of my work and also Laura's work, we've talked about in recent podcasts about occult forces, the hyperdimensional matrix, and how deceptive these forces can be, right? And in the new age, this is actually not considered at all. It's mostly about archangels, spirit guides, and all these positive forces of higher realms that are just here to guide us and save us and support us when that is most often not the fact, actually. Now, I think the best way to go about, to talk about the New Age deception is to talk about various New Age beliefs or New Age fallacies, if I would call them. Yeah, um, so we're just going to kind of go through uh, these different ideas, which I'm sure many of you for, are familiar with, and that, and just speak it about our own personal experiences with all of them. And I think it's also really important. Like, I also see it's interesting. It's like, it's always the ego hijacking one side or the other. But, you know, people start doing some deeper self work and then they start basically like shaming people who are still in like a new phase, new age phase, basically. So I think it's really important to not use like these ideas as like a way of like superiority or anything on either side. So like whether you have a new age belief, which I think the key word in that is about transcending. And I think it's Ken Wilber who had a really good quote where it's like transcend and include, which is more like, you know, yes, we're supposed to reach higher levels of being. We're both, we're, in order to get there, we have to include like our basically like physical mortal experience and use that as a material to get there. So like bridging the divine with our like earthly, um, life. And, and I think that, um, the thing with the new age too, it's like basically, positive brainwashing in a sense like on a very simplistic level it's like yes once you start understanding the basics of positive psychology if you say a certain thing in your mind and you create some serotonin and dopamine and you create this positive emotional reaction and yes it does feel good and you can get yourself to different states of being and to be honest like even that is like um an uncommon skill. Like a lot of people don't really realize how important their thoughts are. And I think the new age is also just getting kind of like lopsided in, in that sense. Like it's just about focusing, overly focusing on the positive and ignoring the negative. And like people have bad, like this is a really popular t-shirt that's like bad vibes or no good vibes only, you know, and like basically just ignoring aspects of yourself and, I think that can be useful at some points. Like I know for myself, like when I was actually quote unquote going through my new age phase, it's I was like breaking out of a really long period of depression and I really needed to give myself a break and, and also show myself that I could be happy, you know? And I think that's where it starts is like people, it helps them feel good for a moment. And it's almost like taking antidepressants. It's like spiritual antidepressants, you know, you're not supposed to go on them forever. However, for especially for people who go through, you know, really bleak periods, feeling happy, it's, it becomes almost euphoric and a drug because you're so used to not feeling happy. And I think that's what people kind of get hooked on with the new age thing. And then at a certain point, it basically just stops working and there, there becomes, it becomes even more apparent that there's, uh, like some friction between their external personality self and what's really going on under the surface. And it's, and over time, like they just become more and more disembodied and, you know, just, and, and you can tell too. <laughs> So I think that's really 
just important to note that it's like, it, it's also, I can see it, how it was useful as a stage on my own journey. And, you know, there's also things that like, maybe people would just like throw at the baby with the bathwater and categorize this new age. Like I tarot cards, for instance, were most likely brought to the mainstream because of the new age movement. If I think about it, like it's happened, probably happened in the eighties. And like, even now, like tarot and astrology has gotten very popular, which I think is a good sign. But then also when that happens, it always gets distorted as well so you see that happening at any point when it gets too popular because I also feel that you know like I think you know on the opposite side of the coin there's probably a reason why well I know at least in like a traditional like Buddhism the reason that why they kept certain teachings um, away from like people who had not been practicing for a few years is because they could easily fall into self-deception with them you know like they could easily use them to trick themselves and actually ends up working against you like I uh, I feel like once you actually can this is one, I mean, aside from like having a very strong intellectual mind, like spiritual intellectual mind, one of the hardest things to break in people are people who are really good at making themselves feel invincible through spiritual techniques, because it's really important to actually be able to feel your own suffering and use that as a catalyst for your own evolution. So as long as you're using like, it basically spirituality basically who's that person who said like it's like dope dope dopamine for the masses or opiate opiate for the masses exactly like this is what the new age does it becomes an opiate for the masses and you can use and that's kind of what happens in the new age they can use any sort of spiritual teaching and use it to basically kill their pain when uh, honestly like and i don't think i'm being like goth but suffering is actually what makes us human and i feel like that's actually the key to our own like like high levels of being and compassion and humility and all of these basically quote unquote noble traits. Yeah, well, what you just alluded to basically this new age deception and these some of the new age beliefs already alluded to ties into spiritual bypassing, yeah. right? And spiritual bypassing is in that sense using spiritual practices or even spiritual higher truths to bypass, avoid deeper inner processes, even basic psychological processes. You know, and the constant pursuit just to feel better, the avoid, pursuit of its pleasure and avoidance of pain, right? And this idea that love is just high emotional bliss, and when you're down, then you're negative and you judge yourself for that, right? Or you use various um, spiritual truths that are high from a higher perspective, like all this, all this is love, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then don't really understand what love is and judge anything else as bad and negative that is not does not feel good and essentially these new age teachings or deceptions uh, work by as you also talked about um just following feel good teachings whatever makes you feel good yeah uh, and it can be very very deceptive and ties also a bit into this idea of resonating you know yeah, we all exactly. we all use that and there's truth to it you resonate with that but it doesn't resonate with this but to truly resonate with something you have to also be able to truly tune into your true self in a deep intuition beyond the buffers the wounds or emotional biases and all these things because you can literally resonate with lies right i mean a lot of fundamentalist christians resonate with the bible in literal terms and believe the earth is only what 5000 years old right? they resonate with it they feel it and on the opposite hand of the coin, a lot of people, have, um, you know, reject certain teachings or information because it creates uncomfortable feelings within them. It creates fear. 
and then they judge it as fear-based or fear-mongering because it brings up uncomfortable feelings and reject it because it doesn't feel good. Hmm. So that's kind of general um, description of, of how the new age movement, you know, beliefs work, so to speak. Yeah, I like this quote um, from the book, uh, Spiritual Bypassing, I think it's called, by Robert Augustus Masters. Uh, aspects of spiritual bypassing include exaggerated detachment, emotional numbing and repression, overemphasis on the positive, anger phobia, blind or overly tolerant compassion, weak or too porous boundaries, lopsided development, cognitive intelligence often being far ahead of emotional and moral intelligence, or it can be also, yeah, anyways, there's multiple, I feel like, um, um, combinations of that. Uh, meaning lopsided in some way, like overemphasis on the heart and then not the mind is also another example right. or quote unquote the heart. Like sometimes I feel like it's not even in a true heart space, just whatever makes me feel good. Um, dehabilitating judgment about one's negativity or shadow side, devaluation of the personal relative to the spiritual. That's interesting because I feel like it's, uh, uh, um, I'm not sure what he means there, but I feel like it's more like they overemphasize my personal relative experience, which is of course valid because it's happening. But to the to the multi-dimensional experience, like if it's if it's my truth, you know, then that's all that matters, you know, and it lives in this like very narcissistic, solipsistic like reality, basically, and delusions of having arrived at a higher level of being. And that also like I like this isn't related to spiritual bypassing. I think it was kind of um, when Reggie Ray, the meditation teacher who I've quoted a few times, he said in the talk, he's like, when you think that something's happening, like in your own spiritual practice, nothing's happening. Happening. And when you think that nothing's happening, something's happening. And I can relate to that because there's periods. I think even before I met you, yeah, there was stuff going on in my life, but like, and, and like I was going through my own processes and stuff, but I mostly felt it was just very kind of calm, you know? And that's when actually stuff was really happening. And then when I think that, when I thought that I was like, oh my God, I'm so blissed out, I'm like going to be enlightened soon, like that's actually when I, like nothing was happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, let's go into some of the common new age beliefs and traps. And of course, we're going to go into more of this in part two. We're going to go more into depth, maybe also put some of the topics that might trigger people in the second part, because that's just, it's easier for us to deal with people who are triggered that way if there's less of them. Yes. So um, yeah. And, and, and once again, like also, you know, to just recognize when you've experienced this, this is also okay. Doing like shadow work on new age work is also not judging or shaming yourself, but seeing your, uh, your tendency to do these things within yourself. Like I even know reading that, like I still engage in aspects of spiritual bypassing myself all the time because it's like, it's also, you know, the human tendency, the automatic kind of reaction is to avoid pain. It's just, it's natural. Like, so this is also something that we all have to kind of just constantly check ourselves on and be aware of rather than be like, Oh, now I like, now that I know what the new age is, I'm, and I do shadow work. I'm like so much more superior to the new agers and not get into this like duality kind of like, like kind of, um, what do you call it? Just the, the superiority. Interestingly, I see people get into this position of superiority after they get other new age phase. And it's like this new spiritual ego gets developed. It's like just different yeah, it's funny. types I've, of spiritual ego. I have fallen into the trap as well. And like also for full disclosure, just like you, I had definitely my new age phase. 
and fall into all the traps of the beliefs we're just going to we're going to talk about but it also relates to what you just mentioned at the beginning because the new age pill so to speak is so alluring for people because when you come to a place of like you know um just suffering and just quote unquote waking up and uh, all this shit comes up and you don't know how to handle it and you know maybe dabble in psychology but then you come across certain new age beliefs that you know um <clears throat> They can be, they seem to be very empowering at first, but in the long run, very disempowering and even damaging, mm. right? It's like an opiate, like a drug you take, like a belief system. Yeah. You know, like even in my early days, I all believed in the space brothers are coming here to save us, the Galactic Federation of Light. I remember that whoever was the channeler, like bringing new uh, material every week, I couldn't wait for it. And they're <laughs> going to take out the cabal for us. And all the shift is happening, which was supposed to happen 10 years ago. Mm. You know, and, and all these things. So it just feeds you all the time and keeps you waiting for more and more and more and just creates more buffers and calming. Yeah. And also what it creates, if not taking full self responsibility. Mm -hmm. But then you get also what I also, I definitely took the, uh, very distorted form of you create your own reality, mm -hmm. right? Which is also the solipsistic view of the new age, which is very distorted in a sense of, um, basically that only your mind creates the truth. There's no objective truth. There's only my or your truth. And every, mm. everything you, uh, um, experience in reality is because of the so-called law of attraction, which yeah, also has been that's also, somewhat distorted. That's an interesting thing. because I don't, I mean, not in the way that they say it, but I believe that we have this, these deep unconscious stores that are waiting to manifest in our life as like lessons, essentially, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is a lot of this is actually below our conscious mind. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. a tricky it's part. Also, it's, yeah, that's because I got myself, you know, definitely even in my new age phase, just think positive thoughts, reject the negative, you know, and, um, you know, also overestimating my level of being, my quote unquote awakened state, because just I mistook just feeling good and bliss for love. Yeah. So right? that kind of just to note, this is our first point. We're going to be talking about this. You create your own reality thing. Um, and sorry, I, can I go on to my own experience? Because yeah. I remember I actually, was very drawn to those ideas like right after my own awakening because I was such in such a negative spiral. Like I had the most negative self-talk, mostly against myself, but also against the world in a way. And I had to break myself out of it. So I literally brainwashed myself on like ketamine, listening to positive psychology and stuff like that. And I read The Secret, but it, The Secret was like such a simple book that I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah. But I did get into Abraham Hicks's oh, Stutter period. Yes. And that actually helped me to a certain extent. But there was then parts, you know, like I just realized it just didn't quite fit, you know, because I was and, and not only that, like, you know, like, yes, like we can uh, manifest a lot of things in our lives through our own intention. Like, it's really powerful. It also just kind of shows us the power of our own intentions, I think, above everything, you know. But at the same time, it's not like you're, unless you're a master magician, like you're not the grand conductor of your reality all the time. Like you're working with like a bunch of different forces at once and mostly unconscious. So, and then on top of it, I realized at a point, like, so I was like doing like manifestation rituals and I was like really committed like doing them every day like having a detailed list visualizing a lot and I was drawing things into my reality that I quote unquote thought I wanted but they didn't end up giving me that inner fulfillment that I thought I needed yeah. well I, not, I thought I needed but that I actually needed so I realized yes like I have the ability to consciously create my own reality 
but it's, I don't really know what's good for me anyway. And not only that, like, you know, there's also, uh, I, I'll create it to a certain extent, but there's always going to be this deep unconscious, which is going to be aligning the universe to give me the life lessons I need to go through anyway. Yeah. And also, like, put into question when you say you create your own reality, I, who's that you and I to begin with? What we're talking about when you say I create my own reality, what I am I, are you referring to? What yeah. you, you know? It's usually like the limited, like, their ego. Exactly. Sense of it's their personality. Yeah. And what you also, because I have the same done with, you know, I also got it to Abraham Hicks. And again, like, even those teachings, it's not black and white. There's some yeah. good stuff and it helped me in, in a certain way. But what also, it did when you, you can easily get into victim shaming. Right? Yeah. In the sense of my victim blaming myself, but already my issue has been guilt and shame to begin with. And then shit would happen in my life. I'm like, oh my God, my thoughts, this is all my thought, fault. I need to think better, yeah. more positive. I need to be more in a positive mindset all the time. So I started to feel guilty when I felt quote unquote negative or yeah. felt angry and all these emotions. And it was actually what happened. It got me more out of body. It became a mental fuck, for for lack of a better word, with yeah. this whole new age idea and, and you create your own reality. You do, though, but it, maybe it's just more on this embodied level. Like, it's like you, you whatever, do. like you, you you are attracting to yourself. What, I agree, exactly. It's, what, but it happens on this very subconscious level. Yeah, and also it happens on an embodied level. So it's just happening in your head and you're just thinking positive thoughts and like your body isn't on board. You know, it's like the difference between like if you're in flow, you're in a flow in an embodied way. And you're drawing things to you, which are usually makes your life a little bit more graceful because you are in almost that close to that frequency of grace, you know, when you're in the zone. But then if your just mind is on board, then your body is actually drawing towards a different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And very much in the new age, basically, the secret, basically the ego has hijacked this concept. Yeah. If you create your own reality, it becomes most a material gain. And also what, as you mentioned, when you manifest a lot of things, what you thought you wanted, but, you know, didn't realize that it's not really what you quote-unquote needed anyway or truly wanted from a deeper soul perspective, that a lot of us, we're trying to manifest or want something that is actually coming from the conditioned personality. Yeah, Just social, doing, cultural yeah. conditioning yeah. of what you think you want. It's not your true self. You literally have been programmed that way. Yeah. Or coming from wounds and trauma of, of a lack, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can actually create more Gordian knots, as it's called in, in esotericism, or creating more karma. Yeah. Right. By forcefully like trying to manifest something and on a deeper cold level, you can also make contracts, trap of agreements yeah. with occult hostile forces via calling in entities, you know, spirit guides, archangels and whatnot to help you manifest something and they will gladly help you. But it's like you're making a literally like a, a pact with the devil, a Faustian pact, yeah. right? like you're paying a price for it. Yeah, and it's also that kind of leads into the other point we wanted to go into, like focus on the positive and avoid the negative, which is part of that, but not exactly the same. Um, and I think that that's also interesting because, I mean, not to sound also kind of new age cl cliche, but what's positive and what's negative is really valued by your own perception. Like, so I feel like in the new age kind of, uh, belief system focus on the positive is like whatever makes you feel good and ignore the negative is whatever makes you feel bad but actually what's creating you either liking or disliking things are your own like kind of 
karmic preferences. You know, it's like, I think on another podcast, I'm, or maybe we talked about this in the workshop. It's like they talk about the, in, in Buddhism, um, the nidanas, which is a place where you can actually, uh, have free will. So a lot of, uh, our free will is already set in motion. It's already in the past, but we also have these gaps with, between the nidanas, which is between feeling and thirst. Forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that right. You know what I'm talking about. But anyways, the gap between feeling and thirst is where you can actually neutralize or create positive or negative karma in the sense that, and this is also the thing. So when you have a feeling arise in you, um, you can either choose to push it away or grasp towards it and create more of it. And so like, this is also the preference between positive and negative. It's like we have this feeling and we want to create more of it. So we actually end up creating more karma through doing that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. No. I mean, I mean yeah. but the, the point is also really that what you mentioned alluded to that positive and negative is highly subjective. Exactly. Because yeah. when I look back, also understand you create your own reality. It creates this not the the illusion that le you live in a solipsistic bubble, right? Mm -hmm. That's only you. When actually multidimensional being in the uh, you're intersecting with realities of other people, the collective, other dimensions influencing you, and that we are actually transducers of higher energies. And the self is also manifest in everything you know exactly but we're also constantly you know infused by these higher forces the hidden forces of life as Sri Aurobindo talked about that are not necessarily all adverse hostile forces but divine forces inspiration mm -hmm. but it's like you know the more we're coming from our ego personality the lower nature of all the conditioning or wounding the more we are subjected to these lower forces who act through us and want more of that that you know it's best it's grasping what you talked about right mm -hmm. or based on fear or based on lack and you know and just constantly striving to what's making you just feel better feel better and avoid the dark right uh, neglect the dark but as Carl Jung said one doesn't become enlightened by imagining figures of light but by making the darkness conscious to rise everything up that's in the way of our true creative potential actually mm -hmm. but that's and, also I feel like the true self that's creating reality is in these unconscious stores basically right and you know for example like when you look back I mean anybody I like the exercise of recapitulation when you go back into your life you see that there's actually and really get in this observer witness position and really see there's a threat through your life there's almost I see it at least for my uh, experience looking back there's a higher force has been guiding me there's something beyond me that has created it all or it's my higher self or divine I don't know there's something else like this mystery this unknown force yeah but and that's I, also connected to you exactly you know so it's yeah. like I just experience it as me as this separative ego consciousness mm -hmm. right this higher self whatever you, words you might want to put in but when you look back at certain junctures in my life and experiences that were really hard and suffering but a lot of suffering and pain, but looking back, they uh, brought me to actually something more better, quote-unquote, and more positive, right? But it was a necessary rite of passage I had to go through, like a, a deep learning experience. So, you know, that's what I mean when you feel down or we have this sometimes, you know, in our own process, we feel, quote-unquote, negative, down, pain comes up, sadness, loneliness, anger, but there's an opportunity to work through this on a somatic embodied level, and then we can rise to a higher level and have more true positive experiences. When you, If you want to talk about positive morals, um, striving towards your true self, morals in alignment with the divine, right? And true love, which is just beyond just an emotion, but also relates to just this um, wider, expansive awareness and understanding. Yeah, I feel like for me, like true love is also just a sense of like connection, really. It's not about like this blissed out feeling. It's about like this recognition. It's like I see you 
as me, you know, it's like when you just really recognize and that can, ex you can experience that with anything. And it's also in relation to everything around us. And, you know, like in a sense, like these ideas, like we are all one and like love is all there is on a higher level. It's true, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be nice to us and love us and believe all the same things as us or whatever. And it's also, you know, to not be afraid of those feelings that come up when we encounter people who have like really different beliefs in us. And even I have to even check myself on this new age thing too. I used to, I mean, definitely like I got frustrated with new age people on my post because they also tend to be very like telling you the way things are instead of also allowing you have to have your own uh, um, experience. Basically, they're like, you know, like this is actually the truth, like the ultimate truth. So it's not even really about my truth or your truth. I find that a lot of new agers like to tell other people what to do. It becomes like almost like this um were those people really just people who stand on the street corner and like evangelical, I guess, like you haven't found the light, like yeah, join the it galactic. becomes also sometimes very passive aggressive because yeah, because most often suppress the anger exactly because there's suppressed anger. And it's interesting, like, I you also can't understand love, I think, unless you also understand the whole host of dimensions, meaning like your suffering, your pain. By the way, like, you know, this is also how the true Bodhisattva is born. It's like it's said, it's like that quote, uh, I think it's Leonard Cohen or Rumi. It's like the crack is where the light gets in. Like, that's actually where true love is born, not in this amazing, over-romanticized bliss bubble, but in your own suffering. That's actually where true love is born. And you're like, wow. It's like um, the exercise of Tonglin in Buddhism, which I'm sure some of you know, where it's like where you're meditating on your own pain and you really connect to it. And then you ask yourself, like, if I feel this and me, other, other people are feeling this suffering, too, yeah. you know, and you don't get there by being like, everything's amazing. Like, I'm so blissed out. Like, why isn't anyone else blissed out? You guys are bad vibes. It's actually through recognizing like, wow, like this is the human condition has a lot of trials and tribulations. And then if you look out there, if you're really grounded and embodied and looking at pe there, like there's people are all suffering in their own way. And that's actually what opens you up to like really just, I feel me personally loving them. Cause it's like, wow, like we're all in this kind of like trance of like feeling like we're not worthy or feeling like, you know, guilty or shameful or like we're sinners and we're all in this trance together. And yes, like, Reality is beautiful, especially, I mean, we went for this amazing hike in nature and it's incredible. But yeah, at the same time, like there's all these people walking through this forest and like, I mean, truly like being, if you're connected to nature, you would be like in awe of like what's around you all the time. But you just see people, you know, like gotta get to the car, like dragging their kids stroller, like all these, all these kinds of things. And so there's a lot of ways that we try and avoid our own suffering, I feel. And that's actually, and there's nothing. And that's also the thing is like, there's through feeling your own pain and, 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 um, and being able to approach your own suffering, you develop a healthy relationship with it. And I think that's really what's most important is like the more that you have a, an aversion towards certain feelings, the more that you're going to be like, oh, I got to put on my psychic shield before I go out or else somebody's going to throw their bad vibes at me and I won't be able to handle it. But if you like actually deal with your own anger and sadness, if somebody else projects anger and sadness at, at you in the world, you're just going to be like, you're going to have a a relationship and experience with dealing with your own anger and sadness. So you're going to be like, Oh, okay. There's a guy acting out in the way that I'm familiar with myself because I've gone through that darkness myself and you can have an easier way of relating to other people too. Yeah. 
And that's also the true meaning of we are all one in that sense, that deeper recognition, not assuming we are all one, yes, obviously from a higher perspective, but we're not all the quote-unquote same in light of uh, soul individualization, soul evolution, or level of being. Yeah. Especially if 8 billion people on this planet, they're very young souls on this planet, which also ties in the topic of organic portals, quote-unquote soulless humans, which uh, I've written about. There's an essay on it on my site, veilofreality.com. Um, a topic that has organic portal solace humans a topic on itself and that essay or this idea has also been very distorted also used as a judgment you know yeah. people labeling people organic portals feeling better than others or feeling they're, they're evil which has nothing to do with evil organic portals can be used by other forces you know and agent smith syndrome like but it's uh, they have their place in the function of the cosmos right and also on another level you know when it uh, it relates to psychopaths, sociopaths, like people who are truly yeah, um, empty shells, but driven by draconian hyperdimensional called hostile forces and have no humanness in them. You know, we project a lot of qualities. We can project a lot of qualities onto people they don't necessarily tend to have, especially world leaders. When you really look at it deeper, the world is quote unquote run by psychopaths and we project and they can hide behind this carefully crafted mask of sanity, by the way. They can, you know, manipulate emotions and show a certain facade that seems to be very grounded, seems to be even very emotional, intelligent or even spiritually but it's a mask, right? And that's where the manipulation comes in. And when we assume that everybody is the same or that everybody thinks and feels like I do, then we get into trouble, right? So, yeah. it, and that's, it's also not about getting into judgment, just understanding like how vast this existence reality is, multidimensional, and how the divine express himself or herself in all kinds of life forms or humans. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is like, you know, we are all one and like all is love. Like that doesn't mean everything is a, everyone is a perfect human being who doesn't do anything quote unquote, like, uh, that causes more suffering. I guess you could say like even like people who are quote unquote enlightened, like Buddha, he had his life flash before his eyes and he saw that he was like everything, meaning at some point in his life, some version of a psychopath, I'm sure Buddha was as that's, that's the all encompassing thing. It has to include everything, yeah. you know, and it can't just include the positive or things that we deem to be the positive sides of, of life. And then that also, you know, it's also that certain, certain things are bad too. You know, yes, like most of us don't want to be friends with sociopaths or narcissists or people like that for the most part, but that doesn't mean quote unquote, these people are just inherently bad. Yes, they do bad things, you know, but ultimately if we want to reach a true place of compassion, it's also being like, wow, like just the, the, the immense suffering that's there, you know, like it's like, even if someone's a completely, even if someone's a completely like soulless being, like they cannot actually experience like life themselves. Like they have to feed on other people. Can you imagine being in that state? That's like kind of what the Tibetans call like the hungry ghost realm. It's like you just have to feed on other people. You can't be like a source of like light unto yourself. And like I can only imagine living in that realm permanently. Like that can't be good because I know for myself, like the deepest source of inner fulfillment for me has been realizing that like I can anchor like true love within myself completely um, not dependent on any external circumstances actually that's I feel the only really true state of love if it's like yes we can get inspired and feel a connection with other people but when it's able to arise in me and it's not because of something that happened externally although it can be influenced by that and then yeah. it also sorry 
Yeah, I was just going to touch upon that. But also then uh, be careful of another new age trap, which is blind or idiot compassion and lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right, because of not wanting to hurt another person or afraid of be saying no or mm. people pleaser and just be nice, you know. But sometimes you got to be in warrior stance and you cannot, as Don Juan said in Castaneda's teachings, to fight the predator with niceness, right? There needs to be sometimes a, a boundary and say no, you know, yeah, exactly. and removing ourselves from certain situations, certain people, and not fall into like, you know, idiot compassion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also, understanding that in order to practice true compassion we also have to have compassion for ourselves and like not from a self-centered point of view but if you're not actually paying attention to how you feel honoring those feelings um then like how can you practice compassion with another person as well and it's also like it kind of really leads into like another thing it's because they're afraid to get angry you know and make boundaries so like this idea that like anger is bad um in, in a sense and anger is just a very like fiery energy and yes like i i personally don't feel that you know like taking your unhealed pain and projecting on another person is ultimately um like ultimately ends up well most of the time however you know like that fiery energy it can be put to good use like for myself when i get angry and i really meditate on it and i feel into the pain i also use that fiery action because it's like i can see that there's something like it's I, i feel like it's like i can see that there's something that doesn't feel quite right that i need to speak out again so it's also being able to feel into that emotion you know and not it's not necessarily anger i think we only we only express it as anger in certain instances if that makes sense Yeah, it ties also anger phobia ties into conflict phobia, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, people are afraid. Also ties in in light of the part of the new age deception in in light of the matrix control system is also, you know, with installing beliefs like just focus on the positive, ignore the negative, to not speak out against the dark side. Uh, in general, what's happening in the world? Do not stand up against evil or point out or shine light into darkness, right? To just be nice and just okay. Uh, we not look at it because it disturbs us too much. We don't want to give it any energy. You know, that's the idea. That's the illusion that by looking at the dark, you know, the new age deception gives you the idea. Then by looking at that, you will manifest it even more in your life by giving it attention. Which has it, some truth to it. It has to all to if you get too invested too in it. If you, yeah. if you can, you know, there's a say, you know, it's about making the darkness conscious or the shadow conscious, but not lingering on it. But interestingly, right. like when you're more phobic of something or a certain topic, that actually creates this emotional suppression. So if you want to draw anything towards yourself even more, I feel like when you start really suppressing something into the unconscious intentionally, that creates even, because every time an emotion or experience that kind of is upsetting arises, I feel that's actually amazing opportunity because for the most part, the things that are driving our lives are very unconscious and we're not able to actually experience them directly through like a feeling that comes up or an experience with another person but if an experience arises like you know between so say if like you know a couple keep getting into fights and every time they fight they're like oh you know we conflict is bad good couples don't fight ever and then they just suppress it more and more like and they don't actually deal with it like eventually it's just going to bubble up and it's just going to create more distance between them so in spite of like trying to do that in order to keep their kind of like idea of what a healthy relationship is it's creating the suppression and it's almost like you're kind of logging up the dam and it creates unconscious resentment exactly. which again 
results in, uh, mentioned it again, pass passive aggressiveness, which we also see by a lot of what you mentioned, quote unquote, new ages on, on social media, mm -hmm. right? That this underlying energy. But, you know, on the opposite side of the hand, then, you know, or the other toxic, there's toxic conflict when people are just feeding off of conflict and drama mm -hmm. and constantly install it and, you know, project on others and, in, 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 in get into fights or arguments just to, for the release valve, so to speak, to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Right. And that or, responsibility. Yeah. I know even myself, like I grew up in an environment where my parents were fighting a lot. And I think for anyone who had that experience, like you can actually feel comfortable. Like this is also, you know, comfortable in your family, like your family dynamic will set the tone, whether and a lot of families were the opposite, like really avoided conflict. But then there was like this weird energy in their family and there wasn't like a really heart connection because they were constantly avoiding, like speaking the truth about what was going on, you know, so it's two opposite sides of the coins. And also, if you grow open a family that has like lots of abuse like you actually that's your comfort zone you know so there's like kind of two sides of the same coin and it's also about you know like this idea of like just to just to basically do whatever uh you think feels good and whatever but what people think like what actually feels really good in a weird roundabout way is to feel your emotions no matter what they are and feel them as they come up like that's a true act of compassion i feel and what we think feels good like for, from the modern perspective is like watching netflix and like eating like certain foods and like you know like going on social media and like like looking at memes that validate our belief system and like you know the things that feel good are often feeding into our own pathologies a lot of the time so we have to really be careful and this is also interesting like you know there's like I think I find that like a lot of people who end up on the spiritual path, especially when they come from like history of drug addiction, they have to watch themselves for getting addicted to these other kind of forms of spiritual bypassing because they already have a tendency to try and escape their feelings. Yeah. And I noticed that too. Like, I'll just tell a little story. Like, it was really funny. I was in detox and I was in detox with people who had been addicted for a really long time. And what used to actually, this is also my own lesson, what got on my nerves was there was this one guy and he was like he was annoying everyone but he was being so overly positive and like just so blissed out like just living the life and detox you know that it was just annoying people it was like too much and I feel like in many ways like new is almost like that over kind of emphasis you know on like just feel good and like I feel amazing and not considering other people's experience and then also just getting addicted to that kind of peak state you know yeah and also then it doesn't become authentic anymore because mm -hmm. you feel that un underneath there's something else yeah. happening and also the idea that you also if you need to tell anyone how amazing you feel and all this you know that can also be very narcissistic you know yeah. to get that validation or just you know ties into the trap of comparison or even subtle or not so subtle uh, superiority complex we mm -hmm. all can fall into right yeah, this is kind of just like mistaking emotional highs for like love in a state of being like when we feel this like like and this is also where it's tricky. And this is I feel like people could understand this a bit better because I feel everyone has fallen well, not everyone, but a lot of people have fallen in love at some point with someone. And it's been this extremely like blissful experience. And then they 
they they took those feelings and they thought that meant that this was a good relationship for them and this is a great person for them when it was just that feeling of love that they got hooked on you know and this is also I think in the new age movement they mistake these emotional highs for love when lo- love is just like a state of being and love is actually like truly grounded and connected it's not about being like oh I feel amazing and it's like you're almost caught in this like fantasy world in, in, in this new age way or when you're in this romantic bubble which is kind of the same thing it's like there's a very like and this is why I think the new age is appealing is that like it really plays on our tendencies to fantasize and romanticize things yeah and from an esoteric perspective actually love is knowledge love is not knowledge is gnosis and this has nothing to do with intellectual knowledge or memorizing or reading thousands of books you know it's not a mental concept of knowledge it's just a higher um, higher state of being Right, high level of awareness, which you kind of also see yourself and others, or you see the interrelationship of life. You understand, you know, the duality of life. You're right that the one cannot exist without the other. That's the, another irony. Like the consistent focus of p- the positive is also, um, you know, denying duality because the positive cannot <laughs> exist without the negative by definition, right? In this 3D reality. So it's all about, and all esoteric teachings talk about the unification or like, quote unquote, transcending duality, not by a mental process or thinking yourself out of it, but by the unification of the light and dark within you, so to speak, right? To bring it all to awareness. And like you said before, the, the fallacy, new age fallacy of just do what you feel like uh, doing or just follow your heart can be very deceptive. Because I followed my feelings of what I thought my heart was telling me, and it got me into um, you know situations that were uh, not aligned with uh, with truth, basically, right? With I was deceived. I was deceiving myself, yeah. in basic romance, romance or other situations, right? And like you said before, it's like telling a drug addict, do whatever you feel like, do, you know, follow your feelings and it's going to go for the next fix. And so people go also for the next fix in new age beliefs to the next channel material. It ties also into spiritual materialism in a sense. Yeah. And then it's, and that's also another thing too, is like, there's so much new age stuff to work through. You could easily just spend like probably lifetimes doing new age things and they're never going to run out of like a new fairy angel deck to buy or some new channeled material. And it just, it's never ending. And it also ends up being like a rabbit hole in itself. Like it gets like to the point where it's like, you know, there's no, it just, it's so out there. And I'm not saying like out there, I don't like out there ideas, but it's so out there that there's no way that you could actually confirm it in any sense. And not in an intellectual sense, just in any sense, you know, like, and, and, and I think that's also what people get caught in. It's like, I think like we just bringing it back to that point, like human beings love to fantasize for the most part, especially like more spiritual kind of type human beings. Like we love the, we love kind of romanticizing and fantasizing. But I think the higher evolution of that is like kind of the mystic who's like very connected with nature and just in, in awe with reality, you know? So that's like the kind of the positive manifestation, but then also, you know, getting grounded sometimes and getting grounded, I feel is really getting into, our earthly experience like facing the things that scare us facing death and then you know this is like um we've talked about this in another podcast it's like when we get up and caught up in hope you know which is what a lot of this new age teachings seem to seem to cater to is like hoping that like the the world is going to ascend and the aliens are going to come and all these things it's like we're actually ignoring our fears and this creates like kind of a fake personality in that sense and then sorry so i just wanted to touch upon that when you about just following your feelings follow your heart and also then the mind is demon 
demonized. Well, you know, there's truth to it that we need to get out of the head, right? And not believe all our thoughts, you know, but it's also clearing the mind and developing to the higher intellect, mm. right? The divine infused intellect and using the mind properly, not yeah. as the master, but as a tool. And that entails also learning, for example, the basics of critical thinking, which yeah. it's completely lacking in the new age. And I was lacking that in my new age days. I was, you know, you know, when I got into it, I was just diving down the rabbit hole and was just, you know, taking everything in like a sponge and not questioning, but just that sounds fascinating. That must be true. Or that feels, that feels good. That must be true. And I was deceiving myself in so many ways because I like just basic critical thinking, right? And just going by belief. And like you said, a lot of the things you cannot verify or people would then argue though, well, it's verified because it resonates with me, mm -hmm. right? And again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, there's truth to resonating absolutely on this deeper level. We, I resonate with certain teachings you do, you know, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. Um, but it can be very deceptive, right? If we just go by, for example, whatever makes us feel good, mm -hmm. right? And it's also ignoring the process. I feel that New Age is also stuck in this idea just that this quote, what they call ascension process, the awakening process is just more bliss, more love. You know, you ascend into 5D and all of that. It becomes a mental concept, but not understanding that the awakening process is, is entails the descent into hell to deal with all the stuff uh, you have not looked at, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, just um, to reaffirm what you said, like, um, yes, the mind, the mind is actually very interesting too, because like, if you're truly connected, like a higher state of awareness, it's very objective and your emotions are by nature, very subjective. It's like, I like or dislike this thing. So, you know, that's also based on our own kind of preferences and habits as well. And so, you know, when we can truly access this higher state of consciousness, like higher mind, essentially, like it's going to be able to see things clearly, you know, it can also call us out when we're deceiving ourselves if we're really connected to that and our emotions like so if i'm like sad it doesn't mean like the world is going to end or like so i'm in, i'm depressed you know like it's also a feeling that's kind of passing by to not you know either grasp onto these positive states of feelings as as a, as a sense that something positive is happening but just that something's happening and then if a negative thing is happening if something it doesn't mean something's negative is happening it means that something's happening <laughs> like it has no it has no positive or negative to it it's just an event that kind of arises and i think that um you know also when we have these ideas that don't quite match up with our being as well that as you said before creates this like fake niceness mask and it's not only new age people who get caught in this but i find that anyone who like really just has this idea on like i'm a good person you know like and and they have to actually create this like false personality based on what they think a good person is you know and they, it's, they have to constantly like they have this idea on who they should be all the time which is what new age people is like oh you just be loving all the time but if their body actually wants to respond in a way that they don't that doesn't match up with their idea on what nice is then then they then they judge themselves or they suppress it and then put on this mask and unconsciously it creates a lot of resentment and even hate for themselves because deep down inside they know they cannot live up to that and mm -hmm. they suppress all the parts that don't live up to that spiritual ideal yeah. of being a good and nice spiritual person 
which also can be summarized as um, spiritual correctness, similar as political correctness. Yeah. Right? That you have to behave a certain way or dress a certain way. That's a whole other topic in itself. Mm. The new age dress code or people giving themselves spiritual names mm -hmm. and all these things. Yeah, and like, and, and I think with this, I like idea of like um, this mask of fake niceness. It's all about like the thing is, it's like I'll, I'll give an example. Like, so when I made a boundary recently, I'm sure anyone who knows who's made boundaries, when you make boundaries with someone, they're mostly gonna get angry or upset at you. Like, it's not gonna bring up comfortable feelings, and some, and then that can actually trigger like guilt and shame in you for making boundaries. You're like, oh, I'm not a good person because this person responded in that way, but you were just honoring kind of the feelings of your body at that moment and what didn't feel right for you, and that's going to create a quote unquote negative reaction from someone around you that's also just the way that it works you know it's like when you make that boundary it's like i can't take this on and play along with this game at the expense of myself with you anymore and whatever you made the boundary for is going to basically like ricochet back at them and then they're going to finally experience what they weren't able to experience before because they were likely using your lack of boundaries to kind of just connect and like feed on your own energy but see this is a really good example if instead you had this idea like of being f fake nice to them all the time it's like you actually cannot make that boundary because to make a boundary you really have to be firm and direct it has nothing to do with niceness is just being very clear and direct and so you know that's going to create a reaction that you might not enjoy and that can trigger some guilt and shame and then automatically you know a new age person can be like oh you know like I shouldn't have done that like I need to be more loving more patient which could be true like maybe in this instance I'm referring to and using this inspiration I could have made the boundary in like a more grounded place but sometimes you also just have to make a boundary in a really firm way like Another example, I think it was like in India, like I was on a bridge and a guy with a motorcycle was like literally like revving behind this long line of people and like almost running them over, you know, and everyone was getting annoyed. And then finally, like I turned and like just gave him like a death stare, like a look like, what are you doing? Like, you know, why are you doing this? And like somebody came up to me and like patted me on the shoulder. I was like, oh, I saw that look you gave him. Good for you. Because finally someone's, you know, actually... A, a, had a natural reaction to the thing of this guy basically trying to kill all of us slowly. Like yeah. it was like it, it's like it's like this protective mechanism that kicks in. I think in. you know what comes to me about that is also maybe the over understandable the in the new age the overemphasis of the divine feminine, mm -hmm. right? And especially men, I understand we need to get more into our emotions and be more vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? But it's almost like ties into the, you know. Uh, extreme left in this day and age, the socialistic, you know, leftist, progressive, liberal movement, talking about toxic masculinity and throwing out the baby with the bathwater of with healthy masculinity out of or with it as cell out as cell as as well. You know, so it's about honoring also the masculine aspect of having strong boundaries, of being a warrior in this world, right? And not feminize man, for example, right? But you know, it's also bringing both aspects into balance within ourselves. The, the male and the female and not um, like lopsided, like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, that ties into spiritual bypassing. Exactly. And I think, you know, also this kind of self-work in the new age movement to a certain extent just becomes a form of like narcissism because it's all about, and I see people getting caught on this a while. And I know even for myself, like I got really addicted to like self-help books for a long time. And it was at the point where I was like, 
This is really like I'm. It seems like I'm just looking for more stuff, like of of my own stuff to find out, you know. And so, New Age doesn't necessarily always have to be like this kind of love and light thing, too. It can also be like reading like Wayne Dyer books, which is also obviously pretty New Age. But any like doing this kind of self work constantly, and also not making an attempt to be in the world as well. And it's like it's always constantly trying to figure your own stuff out. And like, yes, a lot of us have a deep amount of work to do. It's actually quite never ending. But then we also have to make an attempt to connect to others, too, you know, and I think that even people who, quote unquote, aren't in the New Age movement, you know, who get on the spiritual path, they can unnecessarily isolate themselves. And I know because I did this myself because they're like, oh, I'm too sensitive. The world is too hard. And yeah, the world is hard, but that's actually where the work is. You know, it's not about transcending the world. It's about being able to really be in the world and be of service where it's needed, you know, and this doesn't mean by pushing our own love and light vegan agenda on other people this being able to see everyone you know where they are and just and and not have these ideas on how the world should be based on whatever makes us feel good exactly because this whole projection onto the you know it ties also into what we're seeing on the matrix level ties into the collectivism of the homogenization of humanity you know the socialism new world order agenda of trying to make everyone the same and then again ties into the new age, you know, one world religion, so to speak, which is kind of part of the agenda and whatnot of very distorted, oversimplified, esoteric teachings and truths and not recognizing the individual. And as you mentioned, it can indeed, and I've experienced it in my own work as well, become actually the ego can hijack this process and it becomes a very narcissistic process. That's constant self-work, just yeah. focusing on yourself or it's my reality, what I want to create now you know, and always kind of overly involved with yourself, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? And there are periods too, like it's it's tricky because we're talking in general general terms, right? And, you know, sometimes there are phases when we just need to focus on ourselves, our own stuff and wounds, right? Yeah. But then we can get lost in that. Yeah, and, on, well. and ultimately, like the deeper healing I found personally is when I took you know, everything that I had developed or quote unquote, I thought I felt like I changed within myself in a sense, or I worked on rather, maybe that's a better uh, word to use. And then the real true practice is like going out in the world and like testing it out. It's like, okay, like, so say I've dealt with some certain aspect of myself and I've worked on it. Let's see how it is out in reality. Let's see if I can truly practice this and not just constantly, you know, get, getting caught in our own bubble as well and using reality as like our own test ground and inspiration and not escaping into like an angel card reading to give us guidance that's also another thing too with the this is also maybe we can just touch on this in the last part and go into it in more detail in the second part especially with like astrology and divination like tarot cards etc you can also become too reliant on that for a form of like guidance and it's I, not i'm not talking about like a lot of tarot cards actually really good tarot card readers are going to be very intuitive so they're just basically using the symbolism in front of them to kind of start a conversation about what they're sensing intuitively essentially that's like a pretty but then a lot of people like who are i mean astrology 
psychology and tarot has gotten popular again. It's like because of the whole psychedelic movement and the new age movement is kind of getting into like wave with the younger generation. And that's great. But they also have to understand these are primarily intuitive arts. They're not about just looking to the tarot cards for information. It's about also being like, okay, like if you're really reading a tarot card in the true sense that it's meant to be, it's like, okay, like what's, what is, how, what's my connection to this card? Like what's actually happening? What is this showing me? It's about revealing an internal process. And exactly. they, like you said, they can use, be used as tools for a period of time. But, you know, the more you are sincere in your own inner process, if all that entails, the more you are able to actually tune into what's really going on within yourself without the need of these outside tools, mm-hmm. right? And I saw myself, I used to use tarot a lot, also was big into astrology, but then I used it to spiritual bypass, right? Yeah. Like, for example, astrology, oh, this transit is happening, it's affecting my natal chart this way, so... My mind was like creating, oh, this is why it's happening. So I was fooling myself. Now I understand intellectually, I've healed it. Mm-hmm. So use it as a bypass. You know, even astrology, as you mentioned, regarding tarot cards is also a psychic art. Yeah. Right? It's not about you now what does moon conjunct Pluto means looking it up on the internet and that's that. Yeah. Right. So it is more, you know, using them as tools, but also seeing the limitations, how they can, you can easily abuse them. And as what they're definitely not about is about predicting the future, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, it's also like they're kind of like these training wheels to develop your more, they're meant to be, I feel. Uh, training wheels to developing your own intuitive gifts, you know? So I feel especially like, I know I, cause I guess see, like, I get, like, I think I like too many astrology memes on Instagrams and sometimes like on the explore page on Instagram where you can see every, every random, uh, like photo. I get a lot of astrology memes and I see so much, like people are just trying to find out if like someone like, this is also very common in astrology readers and tarot readings. But they want to find out if like someone likes them based on like <laughs> astrology. Like that's a, that's a probably most common thing people use astrology and tarot for is like oh let's check our sinistry or whatever but it's like also about developing that connection with that person it's like how do you feel when they're around like who cares if you have moon conjunct sun venus conjunct sun or something it's like how what's your connection to them like how do you feel and being able to also you know work with that because i feel like that's what the true spiritual journey um is urging us to develop is like that higher spiritual and emotional intelligence which is like from really from our state of being it's not about resonating it's about to be tuning into these like you know these uh laws of reality that affect all of us and develop that deeper discernment as well so i think um yeah that's good for the first podcast and yeah, first, yeah, ep- first hour of this episode yeah, first, we, we barely i realized we barely uh, yeah. scratched the surface there's it, a lot to cover exactly right? <laughs> so i think i'll just kind of this things that we're going to cover in the second hour of the podcast which is for members only um, maybe you can add some more. So we wrote kind of going into more detail about this, like space brothers and aliens are here to save us and the whole channeled material stuff. Um, also the distortion of the twin flame concept, which I think is just hilarious in itself, but also gets used for people to get into abusive relationships. I've noticed also um, about, ch- I think we should talk more about what happens when you channel and calling these spirit guides and archangels and angels also the whole vegan agenda which kind of goes into the ungroundedness and head-centric way of living um we could also talk about this like everyone calling themselves like a shaman or a goddess or a priestess and self-appointing themselves as under these under these words and And then also 
the neo tantra, which is basically、mm. the distorted, the distortion of tantric teachings as well. So, yeah, all、um, of that will be on the second hour of podcast on the Veil of Reality、um, community. So, if you're interested, you can sign up there. And yeah, we also have conversations going on there as well. So, it's a really great place, especially if you want like a more safer space to like talk about things that come up in these podcasts. It's really incredible because it's way different from Facebook, where like you post some. That's a little bit controversial, and you get all these trolls. Like people who aren't even friends with you will come on your thing and be like, "You're wrong."、Yeah. But this is this is a place where people also can safely disagree with people because the energy is way different there. So I highly encourage people who really feel the need to connect with other people, which is also an important part of this process, and talk about these topics to try the forum out. Exactly, beautiful. Yeah. So tune in to the second hour for the members, and we go much deeper. And see you guys on the other side. <laughs>